Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Happy holidays. (laughs) I won't sing. They might turn it off. Okay. Yeah. You can do better now than you used to. I can. I actually enjoy singing in the car to the Christmas carols, and if I do that, then they don't get stuck in my head. That's funny. So that works. That's often a good way to get things out of your head that are stuck in your head is to let them out your mouth. Yeah. But... That's probably why we have a microphone here. What do you know? (laughs) (laughs) So you do sing better now than you used to. You also get treated differently now than you used to, especially at work. Yes, I do. So some of that, you know, well, more than a fair amount of it is male privilege. Yes. Which we've we've discussed from time to time. We have. And... It made me stabby. Yeah, I didn't like to talk about it. (laughs) Um, And some of it, because of the nature of my job, is more difficult. Uh Uh-huh. Which is probably unusual for most guys, although I imagine I can think of, hmm... If I thought about it, I could get a handful of jobs that are, you know, similar, but there's certain types of work that I can't do or am not as likely to be welcomed doing. You are uh, a mental health professional, and there are certain situations in which people want to be seen by females. Yes, they do. So if I get a referral for something related to trauma and I'm contacting that person and I don't get a response or they seem hesitant about me, you know, locating services or stuff like that. I will often have my work wife call them. Yes. And they will sometimes call her back when they did not call me back. Which isn't surprising, but it's something that you didn't think about before. Something that just like there wasn't any awareness of that was a thing. Not for myself. I mean, I certainly was a, had awareness that that's a thing. Lots of women I knew wanted women doctors of various sorts and, you know, women, anybody that they could talk, if they had to talk to them. You know, I think that's more of a competency thing than a comfort familiarity thing, though. I mean, we've talked about this before, too, how male privilege and the assumption of competency leads us to seek females and people of color anytime they're doing a job that's going to matter. Yeah, yeah, there is that. But in this case, when it comes to trauma work, and what what made me start thinking of this, although I have been experiencing some of it, is a training I went to, which uh, is about trauma awareness, and, and they send a lot of people to that type of stuff. And thinking a lot about how a majority of the trauma that was covered as far as treatment in the training had to do with sexual assault. Yeah. And there's things I understand about being a guy that I didn't understand before. But it's not just testosterone and how much it makes you get led around by your dick. Because why is all the focus on treating the trauma of the sexual assault? And why is there not more focus on treating the problem? That is a thing that happens. And do you think that that would be a a mindset that anyone else would have had who hasn't seen some of the same... I I think it probably depends. Like, I imagine some women have thought about this. I'm sure. Right? But I think some of them have also been acculturated to the fact that that's a thing that happens and you have to try to stay out of that situation where that might happen. Right. Some guys that I know, I don't know how many guys in general, I would think not as many. I, I would hope to be wrong. 
but like my, my, you know, our Jesus friend, he's, he's a sensitive person. Other people who are sensitive to these things may have thought of that, but being I'm not that optimistic of a person, I don't have high hopes of it <laughs> happening anytime soon. True, true. But, um, now, do you think that there would be any options for you to like discuss that at work as a male? You know, would your voice be heard? Do you think that this would, you know, affect the way that you could interact with this topic at work? I think it would boil down to something as simple as, hey, boss person, this person in need of mental health services may want to talk to a female person instead of me. And they would say, of course. And then we would move on. It's about that much. Mm. There's not much else to, to do with that. It's just my, my awareness that that, change, that changes my job. You, you had one client, though, that was quite happy to see you as a man, and then the kid was, like, all into their privilege. He was, and it was a strange thing. The vibe I got about it was that he was trying to make a connection of our privilege as males, and he, he just seemed very pleased with himself. It's kind of hard to explain how I recognized this, but I recognized it. Women all over the world can recognize the sense of a man who's pleased with himself. <laughs> Okay, well, there you have it. I don't have to explain further. Right. Ta-da. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a few of those, too. Right. On my caseload, also known as my student roster. It's crazy to me that, like, people live so oblivious to experiences outside their own. Like, I know we talked about this and we got plenty of feedback about the fact that there are people on this planet who have never considered their gender. They just go along happily living whatever they've been assigned without any question or concern, and it's weird. Quite a mystery to them that somebody would consider that. I remember what always comes to mind when I think of that factor, when it occurs to me that those people are around, <laughs> um, is that interview with Jeffrey Marsh with the book. And there's a, a like a YouTube video of um, they're being interviewed by I remember this, this really video, like, yeah. cis you know, straight guy mm -hmm. who's trying to wrap his brain around this. And his best way of saying, trying to figure out what's going on is, do you still have your manhood? Oh my gosh. I saw that. I was like, and oh no. Jeffrey handled that. They handled that so good, but handled the whole yeah. situation really well. But it was, it in, was in well any done. case, I always think of that. Their part anyway. That was a, a really good example of one of those people. And I was impressed that the guy who, you know, the show, the guy of the show, whatever his show was, was willing the to... The host, yeah, him, um, <laughs> was willing to say something. I guess it's the way he, he said it of, he, you could tell he was trying to unravel this tingle in his mind. He wasn't doing it like some people ask us trans people what's in our pants out of being indignant or yeah. being an asshole or something, which yeah, is really yeah, the yeah. same. But anyway, different types of the same asshat. Yes. Um, it was a genuine... I'm really trying to understand what's happening here. But um, my sense of self is so tied up in my genitalia. Let me ask you about yours just because I really am not grokking this. Yes. <laughs> there are so many people who just don't even think of it. And this year at my new school, I've seen a lot of that too. It's kind of weird. Like the band director at my school, who I've known for a few years because we taught in the same music department doing other things before... And I come there to this new school and she thought I was gay. And I said, no, only mostly. But like, it took her almost the entire first semester to figure out that there was something besides the binary options of gay and straight. 
and that I might be somewhere else. And, and then, then the she fact actually that I had to ask you, like, wait, it's not those, either of those things? No, I have a husband. It doesn't make me straight. It didn't make me gay when I had a wife. What? If I had to think in binary terms, I'm probably a Kinsey four or five. And she says, a what? And because most women understand boundaries about your body Mm -hmm. and are not as wrapped up in their body parts as men are, (laughs) she doesn't say something like, so are those really your boobs? Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's... She's trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's funny though, because she's like, and then she was asking about you. And you and I have had this conversation before about what I am okay to say if you will be interacting with a person, what I'm okay to say if you won't be interacting with a person, and how how much I can share about your transition. And so I shared a little bit, you know. Do you want to say... Something about that, because you made that sound like we had this discussion specifically, but you're not saying... Oh, yes. See, and then people are like, so what did they say? Do we have to oh, go back and look it up? No, yes. I won't make okay. people go back and listen. Okay. Um, you've said that, you know, if if people are going to be interacting with you, that you want for your trans status not to be the defining characteristic that they know about you, and that it shouldn't be discussed for people that are going to be interacting with you a lot. But if it's just somebody who I'm going to interact with a lot, and for a lot of us in the queer community, mentioning our significant other is a easy shorthand for the whole coming out process. Right. I can say it sideways and just say, you know, my husband used to be my wife. I am okay with anything. Right. And I think that defining factor still exists, but it's not important because you're mostly interacting with that person. Right. And that happens to other queer people when some female body person's wife comes to work and everybody looks at the wife like, let's eyeball her wife because there she is. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, if that was what she knew of me was that I'm a musician, that I'm a math person, and that I'm queer, I'm okay with those being the three things that she knows about me. Mm -hmm. But that also is significantly less likely to hijack any other social interactions that we are going to have. Right. So yeah, I, I talk about my husband, but I also wear rainbows on a weekly basis. I'm wearing one in my hair right now. I wore one on coming out day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had a student who said, is that for coming out day? And I said, yes. And they were like, oh, cool. And now every single time I wear a rainbow, the exact same student says, I like your hair bow. I like your earrings. I like your watch band. I like whatever it is that I'm wearing that day. Right. They notice and comment. I like your shoes because yes, I have the rainbow shoes. Yes, you do. <laughs> I do. Part of the reason that I really want to maintain that visibility is for the sake of my students who need to know that there are ways to be that are not what they have been exposed to. And hey, look, here's someone who just happens to be a member of the LGBTQ community who's also my math teacher. Right. And that that doesn't need to be a defining characteristic, like especially in the rich conservative community that I teach for. It may become in their family discussions as middle schoolers. That makes sense. I also use a gender neutral honorific because, and the reason I've explained it in class is not because I am a gender non-binary person. I don't feel like having those parent discussions. I guess you wouldn't. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I've explained it to my students in a way that they will go home and explain to their parents if they are asked that my husband doesn't want a possession. He wants a partner. And so the historical 
aspect of Mr.'s, M-R apostrophe S. I am not my Mr.'s. I am my own person. I am not a little miss. And if you call me Mr., I will answer, but other people might get confused. Mm -hmm. So I will take one of these gender neutral options, or you can just call me by my last name without an honorific and I will not be offended. And some of my students do. And I was just unwrapping a bunch of Christmas presents and they all, all but like two of them had the neutral honorific on it. That was very cool. That made me so happy. Almost as happy as the mug that says tears of my students. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like they get it. And it's just sort of one more subtle input into their world that here's a queer person. Here's a gender nonconforming person. They're just doing their thing. And it's not a huge deal. Hey, it doesn't need to be a huge deal for me either. Except for the coming out part, which always is. It, it yeah. yeah. But I mean, they might get the idea that it'll be okay. Yeah. And I have students who are already out. You know, I mean, I teach high school math for middle school students. So it's mostly eighth graders, mostly 14, 13 and 14 year olds who are coming up on 15, getting ready to go to high school. And a discussion I had in class the other day, somebody was saying something about their girlfriend, some guy. And the discussion that they were having in the table group where they were supposed to be preparing for their exam, I hear... <laughs> A entitled young man say, man, having a girlfriend is gay. And I was about to step into the logical aspect of that before I addressed the hate speech aspect of it. But then some other kid from across the room, another male student pipes up with, only if you're female. Right. And I was like, I love these guys. They Mm -hmm. get it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, so then I just follow up with the hate speech angle and say, you know, if you're associating immutable characteristics of humans as insults and not as neutral descriptors, then you're going to get yourself in trouble with that. And the young lady sitting next to him, let's call her, I don't know, Esperanza. She says, um, I mean, come on, I'm sitting right here. So there. And I was like, oh, I see. And, And the student who had said this, said, but what if I'm actually talking about Esperanza? You know, I'm saying Esperanza is gay. And she's like, yes, I am. And I said, but was that what you were just saying? (laughs) (laughs) But what if I'm saying it in the historical sense? Having a girlfriend is a happy thing. And I said, is that really what you were saying? And then I launched into the same discussion that we often have with our own children about using your own brain to figure out the best way to solve problems instead of playing dumb. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, so yes, we could absolutely say that Esperanza is gaily gay. And she's like, yes, I am. I'm gaily gay. And that was the discussion for the rest of the period. I'm gaily gay. <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest thing ever that I've created a culture in my classroom where my students can just like have that joke. And it's not a risk of discrimination or hate speech or bigotry. It's just... And at the same time, they're correcting their... They're correcting their peers peer. and they are recognizing what could potentially be hate speech and correcting it for themselves. Right. I thought that was awesome. It's a good thing. And then there's the staff. The eyes are rolling. (laughs) So, yeah. Be careful. Your eyes are rolling so far back you could get hurt, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, They might get stuck. Yeah. But then maybe I'll get admin leave because I won't be able to teach. (laughs) Because some of these kids are entitled little shits. And if they can't handle doing the high school level work, 
They have been admitted to a program that is designed for students who are all around talented at everything, but some of them are only talented at some things, which Mm -hmm. in the Gifted Child's Bill of Rights says that gifted children should have the right to not be gifted at everything, but then they should be in a different program that's better suited to their needs. Right. So if they are going to be expected to perform at least one grade level ahead in math and possibly up to three or four grade levels ahead... For some of them, that's going to take a lot of work. And for some of them, their parents think that they shouldn't have to work for anything because they're more invested in their children's happiness than they are in their children's functioning. Unfortunate. This is not a old complaint for either of us. Nope. So I end up having these parent conferences with principals and other administrators and counselors and co-teachers and everything else that are basically like, well, why isn't my child doing well? And I say, because your child is an 80th to 90th percentile student, and we're putting them in content that is designed for 95th to 98th percentile students. And they say, no, that can't be it. You must just be teaching it wrong. Right. Then as I was debriefing from one of these meetings with my principal, they said, you know, this program has had problems ever since the outset because of this community and because of the entitled parents and because of the mismatch of students that get put into this program because of the privileged parents and the privileged students. But you have to own some of this parent pushback. And I'm looking at her like... What? What? The principal says this. And you're like, how? And I'm looking at her like, um... Nope. I'm waiting for your explanation. And she says, I mean, coming in here and wearing rainbows every day and going by a neutral honorific and... You know, you, you had to expect that you would get some parent pushback on that. And I'm like, how is this in any way related to my student's performance? I don't know. And this is a principal who would defend my right to go by a neutral honorific. You know, I mean, she she's going to stand up for it. She's going to stand up for whatever. But then she's like, be realistic. These parents are assholes and they're going to look for a reason to be an asshole. And you kind of gave them one. And I'm like, eh, not cool. No. It's it's weird. I mean, it sounded like the meeting was about they didn't like their child's grades. And that's not about your rainbows. It's not about my rainbows. Rainbows have nothing to do with their grades. Except their performance has something to do with their grade. Bizarro world, which we've kind of been in for the past year, but Thank you. conservatives can make those weird connections somehow. I'm not sure they like to. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, and then there's just the 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 well-meaning but clueless allies like my co-teacher in my team who as we're having our holiday door decorating contest pops her head in my classroom door to insist that I have to see her door. I thought you'd like it particularly. There's a cross-dressed Santa. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, that's totally great, but your delivery was a little questionable." <laughs> Yeah, it is, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's awesome that the kids came up with this idea of Santa wearing a hula skirt and a coconut bra doing, you know, Mele Kaliki Maka, all the decorations. Yeah, that's fun. But you have to come tell me just because it's a gender thing. Well, it's a new thing for them. It is a new thing for them. They don't realize it's not a new thing for you. (laughs) No, it's not. But this is kind of where you were at when you were first transitioning and you were the person everyone talked to about every gender nonconforming kid on everyone's caseload. Yes, true. And so now I've become that person with all of my colleagues anytime something like Esperanza saying that she's gaily gay happens in their class, they have to come and debrief with me. Like. 
Joe giving the band director a rainbow wrapped present with rainbow tape and rainbows drawn on there. And what do you think of Joe? And I'm like, I think Joe gave you a nice present. (laughs) So that's how it is at school. That is how it is at school that I have sort of become everyone's token, go talk to the gay or the queer or however on earth they understand it. And like, I think I have a handful of students who kind of understand that I am a member of the queer community, but not in a gay way. And then I have some that are kind of confused, but know not to ask. Okay. And I'm not quite sure how to go about like where to go with that. Because I mean, I'm there to teach math. I'm not there to teach sex ed. You're not teaching gender studies. I'm not teaching gender studies. Or art in gender studies. Or art in gender studies. I'm not teaching psychology. I'm not teaching any of these things, nor would I. Well, maybe I would want to. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you could teach gender studies. You did your whole thesis on gender. It was a while ago. I'd have to, you know, brush up on the, I think. Anyway. Yeah, never mind. It doesn't need need to be done. No, it doesn't. Especially not at a middle school with 90% rich kids and a few kids from the apartments because they're geniuses. Which is another weird thing about privilege. Like, we're having these meetings with the staff and the staff are so enculturated with classism And the pervasive classism in this community that when someone's talking about that this kid is a world-class skier or has equestrian competitions every other week and misses school for them or this or that or the other, that they don't think of these as being classist activities. They don't think about the fact that Esperanza can't do that because Esperanza's from the apartments and her parents can't afford for her to go to equestrian camp. They think, oh, Suzanne is doing these great equestrian competitions and Suzanne is just a really high achiever. Oh, I see. Yeah. High achiever with a lot of privilege. High achiever with a fuck ton of privilege. Yeah. And world-class skier who's like on track to try out for the Olympic team next year and missing half a week of school every week now that it's ski season. And, you know, nobody is calling out the fact that these parents are still sending their kid to a public school and expecting them to succeed when they're giving them all this effing privilege everywhere else. And then we're trying to educate them along with the kids who are actually 99th percentile, but have zero privilege coming from the apartments across the block. Right. Sorry, random classist rant. (laughs) You've gotten used to my random classist rants, though. Yes. (laughs) It happens a lot lately. Yeah, because you've been dealing with it all semester. Fuck. Right. These are all things. I got a really nice card, though, from a student who is probably gay and has sort of said things to hint that, even though I am not the kid's teacher, but I'm just chill with them being in my room kind of all the time. They come and hang out in there. They come and hang out in there. And I wonder if it's because of the rainbows. And I know that they have cause to be there sometimes because I host um, a study hall that they participate in. Right. But they gave me a Christmas card that says, thank you for giving me hope that not everyone in the world is a jerk. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, it is. Because we all know what that feels like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we do. Us here, not those people at your work who don't understand anything about gender yet. <sighs> yet. I don't know if they will. I've got half a mind to run away after this year. They'll still have learned some more than... They will. Yeah, and that's the thing about being a queer person in the world. If you're going to be out, there are many situations in which you are everybody's educator. It is true. 
It is true. And this is the thing that you were talking about some weeks ago about wanting to be a little more out and a little bit more available as that not necessarily wanting the extra work of being everyone's educator or everyone's token, but as a functional trans person wanting to be able to be that positive influence on the world around you. Right. I'm I'm thinking everything sounds like lots of extra work right now. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So Christmas is coming and this will drop after Christmas, but we'll talk about Christmas next time we're together. Right. Well, and, you know, just for example, when you sent a text saying that you were done at work and you were wrapping things up, I said, oh, good. I just fin- finished with all the chores of the elderlies. Yes. And came home for lunch. So. Yes. And it's still, even it. after I took, even after I texted you that I was packing up, it still took me another 30 minutes to get everything actually like turned off and packed up and wrapped up and secured and locking up my tests that I had graded and hauling out to the car and yes Mm -hmm. which is possibly one benefit of working at the rich kids school I had a giant grocery bag of Christmas presents to haul out to the car yeah you did oh my gosh I have to see if there's anything good in there. I gave you some of those chocolates. Right. I want to see what else you got. More chocolates. Amazon cards, Starbucks cards, Barnes and Noble cards. Rich kids. Rich kids give presents. Yes, they do. They can. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. All right. So is that it? Yes, that's it. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Jobs are weird things. I guess I'm just used to I'm it. trying to make a... Yeah. Segue out of rawr, rawr, sexual assault, rawr, rape culture, rawr. <laughs> it's okay. You asked me about the trauma. No, it's then okay. you got it's me okay. on the thing of trauma, and then I started talking about trauma, and yes. that's what trauma is. I know, I so know. So there you have it. I know. Is this our present for them? Who? For our listeners, for our friends. Uh, Another episode. I guess Yay. so. Yeah. That was dumb. Never mind. I'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs>